There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. After the Apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 2, Episode 12, Trust. Brad looked at the steaming pile of eggs on his plate and didn't know what to think. Eggs for dinner? He loved eggs. His mom used to make them for him. And did the concept of dinner time even mean anything anymore? John Tasker noticed his hesitation and said with a smile, Go ahead, boy. Dig in. We got plenty. Brad did as he was told, bringing a greasy, savory forkful to his mouth. There was a time he wouldn't have even thought about the taste of his food. But now, this mouthful of scrambled eggs felt like a warm explosion of joy in his mouth. His whole body shuddered. The old man sipped at a hot cup of coffee and noticed the serene smile on Brad's face as he chewed with his eyes closed. The old man was still pretending to be old and feeble, hoping it would buy him time to figure this place out. It's a simple pleasure, hey? John Tasker said, winking. It is, the old man agreed, eyeing Tasker. Seems like you've got plenty of supplies here, he continued casually, leaving this statement as a question, knowing Tasker wouldn't be able to resist a bit of exposition. We do, my friend. The Lord blessed us with a veritable cornucopia of sundries when the bug hit. He warmed to his topic as the old man knew he would. Do you know where we are? Tasker asked in a way that made you sure he needed no response and was about to tell you anyhow. You're at the crossroad of American commerce. All goods flowing east and west and north and south come through this here valley. He pointed at the table for emphasis. We are at the juncture of major highways and rivers. This here port is the heart of the great American supply chain. The old man recognized that he was getting a speech John Tasker had given many times before. He could picture Tasker pitching his vision to every new survivor that came through the door and maybe before the apocalypse to local chambers of commerce or at trade shows. He really liked the sound of his own voice. And you run the port here? The old man asked, leading Tasker again. That's right, John Tasker said. I, John Tasker, was appointed by the governor of this great state himself. Tasker puffed up a bit at this statement, and the governor was elected by the good citizens of Tennessee. Ipso facto, I'm what's left of the government hereabouts, and it's my duty to hold the fort until this great country gets back on its feet. The old man ruminated on what Tasker was saying. 
He stabbed a piece of flank steak from the resin cafeteria plate and chewed thoughtfully. The cafeteria smelled wonderful, like warm soup. That rich, salty taste in the air reminded him of his wife's cooking when he was just a young doctor. The comfort of that warm smell filling the apartment as they rode out a winter storm in the city so many years ago. A different place, a different time, a world away. There were two middle-aged women in white uniform shirts and hairnets preparing food behind the counter. They hadn't been introduced, but Tasker had greeted them warmly and they had returned the favor. The old man thought that the whole setup seemed oddly out of place, like these people were living in a bubble. The same two men from the security team had joined them for dinner. The one who had acted as a leader earlier had been introduced as William, an ex-Marine who looked to be about 50 and carried himself calmly. Probably Tasker's number one, the old man figured. The other man, who had been introduced as Carl, had a ragged red scar across the side of his face. This one's the muscle, the old man thought. The old man caught Carl's eye and said, Looks like you tangled with a bear, fella. Crazy bitch, hit me with a toolbox, Carl said matter-of-factly with a glint of anger in his voice. You kiss your mama with that mouth? Tasker interrupted, and Carl glowered like a scolded child. The old man wondered why these men would be loyal to this blowhard bureaucrat. What was in it for them? Tasker took a big slug of coffee, swallowed, and exhaled. He patted his belly with satisfaction. He looked at his two guests and spoke, "'Gentlemen, what do you miss most? What have you craved the most over these last months?' The old man replied, The occasional hot shower and warm bed. We've got those, Tasker smiled, his used car salesman smile. We've got multiple generators and 40 years worth of diesel fuel, enough to keep the lights on, the beds warm, and the water hot for a long time. Video games, Brad blurted out through a mouthful of food. Tasker pushed a stack of paper napkins across a tablecloth to him. Well, we do have piles of computers, tablets, and phones, and probably those game consoles. Although we don't have internet, you might be able to play your video games. The two security men focused on their food, clearly having heard this pitch before, and not terribly interested. That's why they're with him, the old man thought. He's giving them food and hot water and electricity like an ancient king giving gifts to keep the subjects in line. They're the modern version of the Hooskarls. And why not? Where else would they go? It's a good deal. They work for him, and they live on easy street. His mind darkened until someone else shows up to take it, or one of these fellas think they'd rather be in charge. Tasker continued, Boys, I've got 150 warehouses and several hundred trucks full of material. Almost anything you want, I've got it. Technically, I'm just looking after it until the rightful owners show up. But in these times of emergency, I do believe we're serving the greater good. Then John Tasker paused dramatically and leaned in. The old man thought, here comes the pitch. Tasker spoke directly to them with great seriousness. 
What I don't have is enough souls to keep it all running. I need good men. Even seasoned souls like you can help. He raised an eyebrow at the old man and continued earnestly. Not to sound too dramatic, but your country needs you. We need you. We've got all the resources except the men. We need them to help us maintain this material and keep the port running. He paused dramatically and leaned in closer. What do you say? Will you join us and help keep America alive? Brad chose this point to scoot his chair up closer to the folding table they were gathered around. His beefy knee bounced savagely off the support strut under the table. Everything on the table jumped a few inches in the air, and Brad said, Ow! Simultaneously, the hot cup of coffee was launched into the old man's lap. He jumped backwards out of the way, knocking over the chair and landing in a crouch. John Tasker raised an eyebrow. The old man tried to recover his pantomime of age and deflect the attention. Geez, Brad, you trying to burn my crotch with coffee? In the excitement, he let too much New York drift into his pronunciation. John Tasker sat back and looked at the old man. Where exactly did y'all say you're from? Tasker had laughed off the coffee incident. The old man had returned to his aged play-acting and made up a story about going to school out east. After the meal was done, he invited them to take a tour of the facility. It was uneventful. Offices, meeting rooms, all very clean and organized. John Tasker acknowledged the few other people they met with friendly paternal greetings. Tasker said he had close to a hundred people now, and more were trickling in every day. He went on and on about building the nation back up and forging the future in a ceaseless cascade of content-free superlatives. The whole time the old man had continued his pantomime of an elderly invalid leaning on Brad's arm and stopping often to rest, but he felt Tasker's gaze. Eventually, Tasker led them back to the gym where he had first met them. You've already seen the gym, he said. I try to encourage everyone to get at least a session a weekend. We gotta stay strong. You a weightlifter, Brad? Not much, sir, Brad replied. Well, before you two turn in for the night, Tasker said with a smile, humor me. Come on over to the bench and let's see what you got. Young men like yourself should be able to keep up with us old guys. He winked at the old man again, like they were sharing an inside joke of some sort. The old man found it disconcerting. It was beginning to dawn on him that this Tasker was as loony as a March hare. Brad lay on the bench and reached for the bar. There wasn't any weight on it, but it was a real weightlifter's bar, a 45-pounder with grips. Brad hefted the bar in a bench-press motion a few times. His form was a bit shaky, but he managed without any trouble. Tasker became the instructor now. That's a ticket, son. Now you're warmed up. Let's keep it going. He racked two ten-pound plates onto the bar, one on each side, and locked them in place with spring-clip collars. Brad was enjoying the attention. He was starting to like this guy in this place. It felt somehow like he had been on a trip, and now he was home.
Tasker continued coaching. Lower the bar down, slow to your chest. Don't bounce it, then exhale, while squeezing the bar hard and tightening up your belly muscles. Exhale while you push it back up into place. Brad complied with a little difficulty, even though his beginner's form was a bit shaky and uneven. This boy is a natural, Tasker said to the old man, winking again. The old man was starting to get a bad feeling about this. What was the point? Now, let's see what you got. Tasker walked to the weight rack and pulled a pair of 25-pound steel plates. He pinched off the spring clips and slid the new weight on, one on each side, making that satisfactory clank of steel on steel as he seated them on the bar and replaced the clips. I don't know, Mr. Tasker. Is that too much? Brad asked as the old man looked on warily. No, son. It's only 115 pounds. A big boy like you should have no problem with that. Tasker moved around into the spotting position. Don't worry about a thing. You won't need my help, but I'm right here if you do. Trust me. Brad grabbed the bar, exhaled heavily, hefted the weight off the bench and slowly lowered it to his chest, blowing his breath out in great chuffs. He grunted slightly and pressed it back up. Three more times, Brad settled the weight down and pushed it back up while Tasker stood over him. Finally, with Tasker steadying the bar, Brad lowered the weights back into the bench rack with a satisfying clunk. Brad was happy with himself as he lay there on the bench, red-faced from the exertion. We'll make a man out of you yet. Tasker said as he grabbed a big 45-pound plate and slid it onto the bar. He did the same on the other side and locked them in place. That's too much, Mr. Tasker. Brad said this like a question because he didn't want to offend this man who was a friend of his father, but he was pretty sure it was too much. The old man had spent enough time in a gym to know that Brad was going to struggle to bench press 205 pounds. He might be able to, but the old man didn't think so. Hey, maybe you should take it easy on the kid, he said. John Tasker spoke in soothing, encouraging tones now. Don't worry, Brad. I'm right here. He looked pointedly at the old man and said, It's all about trust, Brad. You have to be able to trust someone, especially when your life depends on it. The security men at the door seemed more interested now, and that worried the old man. What was this idiot up to? What's the point of teasing this poor kid? With a great heave and Tasker's assistant, Bradley pushed up the weight bar. He grimaced and blew out air like he was practicing Lamaze breathing for a difficult labor. Tasker helped him get the weight off the rack, the veins popping out on his forearms as he did so. Brad slowly lowered the bar to his chest. When it got within four inches, he gave out a great heave and tried to drive it back up. It nudged up a little, and the old man thought he might just have it. Come on, Brad, push! Tasker yelled, but the weight stopped its rise before the critical point and started to sink back down. The old man could see that Brad was going to lose it. Tasker made no move to help. Carl and William were looking amused. Grab it, the old man said. 
Tasker just smiled. The bar dropped firmly across Brad's chest now. He was struggling to breathe and panicking. Help him, for Christ's sake! John Tasker looked the old man in the eye, stepped back away from the bench with a wave of his hand, and said, Be my guest. I can't lift that, the old man pleaded. Well, I guess Brad here's in trouble then, Tasker said as Brad turned beet red and his eyes bulged. The kid was a pain in the ass, but the old man didn't want to see him get hurt so he stepped to the bar and pulled the weight off Brad's chest. The ropey muscles of his thin arm stood out as he helped Brad move the weight off his chest and back onto the rack. Christ, the kid's crying! Once the weight was safely racked, the old man turned to Tasker, angry. You happy? As a matter of fact, I am. It's all about trust, and I think you ain't been acting trustworthy. Why would I trust anyone in this loony bin? The old man asked. There's more to you than meets the eye, old man. Tasker smiled. I think maybe you need some time to think about trust and honesty. Brad kneeled next to the old man who was sitting, head, arms, and legs locked into the improvised stocks. There was another man locked in a few feet away whose head lolled, unconsciously dangling a mass of greasy hair. The old man wasn't sure if his fellow sinner was alive or dead. It smelled like the other had soiled himself. The old man was glad the wind was changing with the setting of the sun. "'Come to visit me on Mount Cavalry, kid?' the old man said, turning his head as much as the collar would allow." Brad stayed silent for a bit, but then spoke. I wish you'd give him a chance. Who, that lunatic Tasker? The old man responded. You know he's living a fantasy, don't you? He was a friend of my father's, Brad continued. He's got this whole place working and he just needs help. What's wrong with that? How long do you think it's going to be until the king or some other group find out about this place? If the king shows up, Tasker doesn't stand a chance. Those people only follow him because he's got supplies. They're certainly not going to die for him. He said he's ready to bring you in. No hard feelings. If you just accept your place and help. Brad allowed a bit of pleading into his voice. I've been thinking we should bring Mags and the group over here. You cannot tell Tasker about the others, kid, the old man said sternly. That's not our place. Keep it under your hat. Then, after a short pause, you can tell that jerk-off Tasker, though, that I'll play along. What other choice do I have? But in his mind, the old man was running scenarios of how he was going to get out of here as soon as the opportunity presented itself. The old man turned his head as much as he could in the locking boards and said, Don't worry, kid. It's going to be okay. Just keep your mouth shut about Mags and them. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. And with that, he relaxed back into the stocks and began to hum and then to sing with an ironic grin on his face, like he used to sing to himself when he was running those long, lonely trails before the world turned dark and mean and crazy. I hear that train a-coming, it's rolling round the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck at Folsom Prison, 
and Tom keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, my survivor friends. My name is Johnny Cash. Stuck in Folsom Prison. Yeah, so uh, I'm not stuck in Folsom Prison, but I am stuck in Dallas in a hotel because of a giant ice storm. So, But it's okay, I brought my microphone with me and I can do all this stuff remotely. Yes, 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 that was Robert as the old man singing Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. And I recommend that you go on to YouTube and listen to the recording of this from the album that was actually made live in Folsom Prison by Johnny Cash. It's iconic. And I'll tell you, when I thought of this end scene where the old man is in the stocks, I immediately thought, you know, I thought it's, it, it looks like the New Testament <laughs> story of the crucifixion. But then, you know, having more than a large portion of my brain still controlled by a 12-year-old, I thought, no, no, it's more like Monty Python's Life of Brian, where they have that that comic and ironic musical number at the end, of, you know, at the end of the movie with Brian on the cross singing, always look on the bright side of life. And uh, then I, says, I asked myself, what would the old man sing? If he was looking to make an ironic statement, what would he sing? And there's plenty of prison songs that would be contemporary with his age that we could go with, right? We could do Elvis, Jailbreak, or maybe, you know, Mama Told Me by the Grateful Dead or any of a hundred old blues standards. But I imagine that this song, this would be a song he knew, something that he could remember and sing and sing it with that irony that we needed. And I love the way it came out. So good for you, Robert. The story behind this Johnny Cash recording is that in 1968, he was just coming out of his own troubles with drug addiction, and he was looking to get his career back on track. And he did these two performances in the jail. And out of those performances, an album was made, and it was a bestseller. Of course, this was despite the producers telling him that he'd lose his audience of Christians by singing to a bunch of killers and rapists. 
and subsequently they didn't invest at all in the album. But as is often the case, Johnny did the opposite of what everybody was telling him and got a big hit out of it. So that's what that's a lesson there somewhere, right? So anyhow, here we are, having completed episode 12 of season 2. We're now on the downslope towards the end of the season, the end of the line. And I hope you're enjoying the ride. Now I need to talk about The uh, the Stand by Stephen King. I've been putting it off long enough. So I was given The Stand by my brother for my birthday in November. It is the re-released longer version, re-edited by Stephen King back to the full length of the original manuscript. A whopping 1,296 pages long. And I was not, honestly, terribly excited about taking on such a large book. So overall, I understand. Guys, I get it. Stephen King and this book are some people's favorite author and favorite book. I get it. He's a good writer. He's a good storyteller. And I understand that you can't have a conversation about the apocalypse, about apocalypse stories, without talking about the stand at some point. So I'm going to confess to you right now, and I hope you don't hate me for it, Stephen King and the whole horror genre, it's just not my favorite. I'm more of a hard sci-fi fan, more of a hard sci-fi guy. So there, I said it. Sorry, don't hate me. I'm not a great fan of Stephen King. That doesn't mean it's not wonderful. It just means... It's outside my personal preference zone. Anyhow, (laughs) it took me 25 days to plow through the book. And I'll tell you a little bit of what I think without, and I won't put too many spoilers if you want to go read it yourself. Uh, It's broken into three books within the book, a beginning, middle, and end if you like. I really like the first book, especially the opening part because of the unfolding apocalypse. It's truly a really good apocalypse story. I struggled to stay engaged in the second book, the middle bit, but then it picked up towards the end as he wrapped everything up. And here's just a few things. I mean, there I could talk all day about this, but just a few things I noticed. First, it's a very 1970s novel. When it was re-released, the version I have was in the 90s, and they went back, or King went back, and made some changes to bring it up into the 90s. So it was supposed to be based in the 90s. And it just seems like they did a search and replace on all the dates and updated a handful of the cultural references, but it was a very thin whitewash. And having lived through the 70s and the 90s, it screams 70s. Like, there's a, re- uh, for instance, there's a reference to Boston's combat zone in there, right? Which is so 70s. And I think, you know what? They could have just left it based in the 70s. The half-hearted time-washing really didn't add a lot to the novel, and it just distracted me. And the and the, a lot of the characters were very 70s, especially the female lead was really noticeably a 70s archetype. And the second thing that I really noticed was how much it draws from The Lord of the Rings. The whole travel to Mordor in Book 3, the Eye of Sauron, you know, I don't think it distracts from the novel. I just found it really noticeable. Another thing that I didn't enjoy the most was a lot of gratuitous violence and sexual violence. And I know that's just me and just the genre. Uh, So it has more to do with me just not being a big fan of the horror genre. But, you know, there, I said it. Uh, Another thing that colored my experience, as I started reading it, I recognized the story 
And it turns out that at some point in my life, I had watched at least part of the 90s television miniseries of the book. So in my brain, while I'm reading this, I'm seeing Gary Sinise and Molly Ringwald and Rob Lowe and all these other characters from the 90s miniseries. And this was the 90s, so you couldn't just watch stuff on Netflix and binge watch like you do now. So I must have just started watching on a weekend and watched, I think, from about the middle of it, middle of the story to the end, um, because that series follows the timeline of the book in a linear fashion. It doesn't skip around. So I, I watched the end of that at some point in my life. And then one night, I was curious, because I've been seeing the ads for the new remake of The Stand, um, and I watched the first episode of it. It's on the CBS Paramount Network, uh, and they let you watch the first episode of everything they have for free without a subscription, so I watched it. And in that remake, it looked really good, but in that remake, they start in the middle of the book, in the middle of the second book. And they focus the storyline there, at least in the first episode, the storyline is heavily focused around the Harold Lauder character. Uh, and there's a lot of timeline back and forth in that episode. So it's really interesting. Maybe I'll go back and watch the whole thing. Uh, by the way, you can, you can also watch the first episode of Picard and anything else they have on that network. And the first episode of Picard was pretty good, too. So don't hate me, but I thought it was an okay book. I think King is a really good writer and an excellent painter of scenes. I really love the way he paints a scene to put you in it. I thought the story slowed down, way down in the middle, but then seemed to wrap everything up rather quickly in the end. Like he'd been, you know, driving around in circles for 900 pages and then decided to find a parking space. Uh, which is what I'm going to do right now. Thanks for listening. Join the Facebook group. Rate and review the podcast. Buy some stuff from the After the Apocalypse merch store. Take a picture. Post it. Check out the Amazon Vela version of Season 1. All the links in the show note. And above all else, my survivor friends, keep surviving. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 